0: important question of your day. Hey, is this been Emo? This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 94 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast, a tribute to to John Bunch. To give some context, last year at this time, episode 57 of the podcast with John Bunch was, to my knowledge, the last interview John did. It was incredibly sad, but also a place for people to learn about John forever. I was so honored to have spoken to him and to be able to share his story. Also, last March, there was a benefit show in Santa Ana, California for John's son, Jack. There's an amazing lineup of bands and people travel from all over the world for the show. I had the pleasure of being in Southern California for the event and saw firsthand the community that came out for John. Seizing the moment, a friend of Up emo Ed Curley, took it upon himself to interview people in the crowd, and friends, bands, and those involved in the event. Ed took time to ask about John, the event, and what it meant. You'll hear many common themes and many kind words said about John. All walks of life, and many of those that knew him for 30 years or none at all. It was truly a celebration of music, friends, and family. Finally, Jeff Caudill of Game Face has a 7 inch for charity through Revelation Records, RevHQ.com, with all money going to John's son, Jack. This is episode 94 of the Watch Jeff Emo podcast, a tribute to John Bunch.
1: I am Chris from Sensfield. We're kind of blown away by it all. I mean, you nobody, you never know what's going to happen after you pass away. Like, what you know, whether you affected anybody or not, or had any kind of impact. And you know, just John would have been really, really happy to know that all his friends and all his peers came out and supported him and and uh, showed a lot of love. And yeah, we're kind of all just kind of blown away by it. It's kind of surreal. It still doesn't feel like he's gone. I still haven't really totally come to terms with it but um i think he would have been really happy and and honored with the show today i've known john since he was probably 15 he was um i used to play in bands with some of his friends i used to play drums back then and john was kind of like a obnoxious kind of kid he'd hung around and you know just cause trouble and stuff like that and one day he got up and got on the mic and sang and I was kind of like oh man maybe you should sing because he actually tried to sing rather than scream um so I kind of plucked him out of that and we started a band together and I think we had sort of a because I'm a couple years older than him we had sort of a it's not a father-son relationship but kind of like mentor mentee kind of relationship and um that was kind of the nature of our friendship um, but John was always a really good friend, and, um, you know, he's he's a sweet guy, and he, he loves people, and he loves to talk to people, and that's all very genuine, um, almost to a fault. You know, he just never, always took the time to talk to people, and, um, you know, that's something I always kind of admired in him, because I'm not like that, <laughs> a little more of a loner and a little bit more standoffish, but John would engage with anybody. And um, I think that's why people really gravitated towards him. Like I said, I just think he would be, I think he's probably looking down at this moment and he's probably got a smile on his face. I think he'd be very happy with everything that went on today. So, that's about it. So, I'm Joe Nelson. I've known John Bunch, well, I knew John Bunch for
2: 30 years. um, And I helped put together the benefit with Chris Lisk and and those guys, and uh, the band, obviously, and Casey Jones and stuff, so... So, well, so me and John, we met at a uniform choice show probably in 1984 at, I want to say Cafe de Grand, but it might not have been Cafe de Grand. but I just remember like John Bunch is a super tall dude, and like he was wearing a straight alert shirt, and like if you wore a straight alert shirt, there's only about 10 dudes who would wear that, which is the uniform choice shirt, and I was like, well, who's this guy, man? We don't know this guy, like we all, have, we know the other nine guys, we don't know the 10th dude, and it was John Bunch. And we just all became fast friends, man. We just, like, we were at all the shows as kids. We were, all, we're almost exactly the same age. Went to all the shows together. Uh, he started Reason to Believe, and that was a great band. And, I mean, through it all, man. So. Well, I'm sure everyone says the same thing. The John Bunch was the dude you love to see, no matter. And, I, and you know, when, you're become, when you get older and you're friends with somebody, you don't see him as much. Me and John Bunch would see each other at shows or, like, random advance, but he's one of those guys, if you saw him, you would gravitate right towards him. First guy, you would go, that's John Bunch, he's here. A lot of guys are not like that, as everyone knows. A lot of guys you've known for 30 years you go, oh, shit, that dude's here, and you go the other way. But not that dude, because he was the nicest, like, most positive dude, warm, loving. Like, I'm a shit talker, so, like, if I'm in a room with dudes, I'm like, oh, that guy sucks, man, blah, blah, blah. John Bunch would always be, would always be like, no, that guy, he doesn't suck. And he would say, like, one good thing about the guy. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, never. He would never gossip. And I always thought that was amazing because everyone else is, you know, it's the it's hardcore scene, man. Everyone else shit talks. Yeah, yeah. Not him. Yeah, this event, what a special day. But, and I was, I've talked to everyone. It's like, John Bunch knew the love in this, not even just in this town today, but around the world, people flew from Japan and Germany and Europe in general and, like, East Coast, South. For John Bunch, like, that says so much. You know, like, he's, uh, it's overwhelming. And uh, there was a couple people who broke down in tears after they did their songs. And it's been emotional, but it's been a really special day. And I think it really, like, it really kind of solidified how important John Bunch was to music. And our scene in general, because obviously we're all kind of from the same kind of hardcore emo type scene. And John Bunch is a huge player in that. And, like, I would say in the emo scene, like, one of the godfathers, one of the true, like, pioneers of that kind of music I mean I knew it was going to be a special day but like even hyping it up that much and then seeing it executed that way and just seeing everyone happy and people I didn't even know Like I would see people hugging all over town like you know at all these different stages People, there's a lot of family reunions like today and that was the thing like when you put this on man like John Reese you know Rock from the Group is a very important band to John and, and, and I'm sure you heard John Reese's like pitch that's all true like he told me down on the phone and the thing we were talking about is like is that's a guy, like, I mean, he reached out to, to John Reese in Pitchfork 30 years ago and got him shows, and, like, extended an olive branch. And John Reese is right. In Orange County, like, it's pretty much like a hardcore, like, our club only, like, fuck you, San Diego. And John Bunch, like, extended that olive branch. You know what I mean? Like, and that says everything about him. And John Reese was, like, one of the first dudes who's just, like, other guys in, in Rock from the Crip were telling me, like, he told them, I'm doing this with one person, two person, doesn't matter. I'm doing something for John Bunch. And, like, that says, to me, that speaks volumes because it's from Rock from the Crypt to all the guest singers to, like, the hardcore bands, the emo bands, like, everyone was just so, like, we got to do something, you know? And that's special. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, that says something about the man. Like, everyone's thanking me. Like, I'm like oh, Michael, dude, it's not me. It's John Bunch. Like, John Bunch brought all these people together. Like, we just helped, like, organize it. But it's his, it's his presence, his love that like everyone rallied around, you know. Right. So
3: everything, the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Reason to Believe was a huge band for me when I was a kid. Actually, the first time I saw Gorilla Biscuits, they opened up, and Down by Law, and it was a great show, great show. And then of course, Sense Field was huge, and uh, I ended up working at Revelation in the 90s. So it's like, Done. This is Done. This has been my life for the past whatever 25 years or something. Yeah, of course. His music's really powerful. You know, it seems like from Reasonably to Sense Field, there was such a range, but all of it was very emotional, very passionate, which was amazing. Um, But he still had this, like, punk ethic. I remember the last time I saw him was at a small bar show in Long Beach called Alex's Bar. Just last December, he came out for Agnostic Front. It was sort of ironic. It was the first time I saw Agnostic Front since... 1990 so it was like 25 years before that but he was there and he had a sort of fat Joe Strummer style mohawk and he had his 7 Seconds shirt with the sleeves cut off and I was just like fuck that's John Bunch you know that guy was like a living legend he was like an icon as a kid you know I definitely wanted to be a part of it and uh, you know, support him and his family
4: my name is Aaron Stone I'm from Orange County and LA uh, Frankie Lopez from Orange County
2: Uh, Well obviously this is just a legendary day as far as hardcore goes and uh, personally I've always been impacted by John Bunch and his music and growing up in the hardcore
5: scene out here I was always impacted by his music so I wanted to come out and be a part of today. I never met John Bunch, but his music, I just love it, man. And all the
6: bands playing, it's stacked.
7: I got to meet John uh, back in the day at the HB Library Show. A couple
2: of my friends were interviewing for a zine, and it was a brief interaction, but he was super cool, man, and welcoming, and just uh, one of the guys I looked up to. So he's definitely had a positive impact on our generation, for sure.
4: Chad Gertz,
8: uh, Santa Clarita, California. Uh, here to see some of the old bands that are reuniting. Obviously, it's for a good cause, uh, John Bunch Memorial. But uh, Free Will was one of my first shows that I ever went to, so I haven't seen them in you know, probably 27 years. Looking forward to that. Uh, no for an Answer and uh, some of the newer bands, Done Dying and you know a lot of that stuff, Blood Days, some really good stuff out there too. So looking forward to getting in there and kind of reliving a bit of my youth.
9: Chris from Huntington Beach.
8: <laughs> uh, Tim from Mission Viejo. Just coming to see, uh, see the show. Looking forward to a good set of bands and obviously here to pay tribute
10: to John. All of them. Great lineup across the board. Yeah, there isn't probably a one I wouldn't want to see,
2: so looking forward to it. Uh, A couple of us worked with John and liked the music and liked the band, so sort of perfect storm of a good
10: thing to do. My name is Blair. I'm with Napsack. You know, my relationship with John, I I was talking about it. Um, Colby and I, the drummer, we went to high school together in a small town, kind of northern California, so what is it, maybe... Three hours from San Francisco, you know, eight hours from L.A. Not really, like, part of it. Like, there was no scene up there or anything. But I got really into, like, straight edge and, like, hardcore when I was, like, 14 and 15. Um, So I started coming down to shows in, like, San Francisco. And uh, I got particularly into straight edge. And uh, one summer, I think the summer of 1989, I came down and stayed with my grandma, who lived here in L.A., And there used to be a record store called Zeds, which was in Long Beach, which was a spot you kind of knew about from, like, records that were, like, oh, thanks to Zeds records or whatever. So I made sure I figured out where it was. And I bought uh, the Reason to Believe record, which was John's. uh, They had a 7-inch that I'd heard, but then they had an album that came out. And I just fell in love with this album. Like, it was so, and I'm, I believe I'm 17 at the time. And, uh. So I had a relationship with John before he had a relationship with me. I was very, very like, uh, you know, Colby the drummer, we'd be driving around, we listen to that record, I loved that record, and I thought it was a very, it was it was a very passionate sounding, his vocals really like, like struck me, and, uh, but it was like hardcore, but it was like he had these really like powerful, clean, like, you know, singing that was not entirely common and then if you think about like how old he probably was at that time maybe 20, 21 maybe he's a couple of years older than me I think yeah um, at any rate and then I followed Reason to Believe you know just like listen and then I ordered the Sensefield uh, EP that came out before it got like released from John he sent me a note and all this stuff and you know later I formed my own band uh, which was Knapsack and with Colby <laughs> drummer from high school, my buddy, and we started playing shows. And eventually, we started playing some shows, and Sentsfield would play these shows. So I met John, and John was a really warm, uh, really nice guy. Like I just like he, I'm sure you've talked to other people, but he had a way of making you like he'd be like, "Oh hey Blair, how are you?" You know, say your name, and like, and he would ask you how you were, like, specifically how you were doing, what's going on with you, like, and really focused. So it always made you feel important, and plus it's somebody that you were, like, really into the idea that they thought you were important. So it was always a really neat thing. And so we would play shows off and on. I don't, you know, I don't even know if it was a ton of shows. It was, I don't even know. It's My memory gets foggy, but we, but for what, then I moved to Los Angeles, and I would see John every so often out and about around town at a show or this and that. We'd always have conversations, and um, I always really liked him. And I liked his music, I liked his voice, and I thought he was a really uh, genuine person in a, you know, in kind of a world full of phonies, you know, to be like, uh, to reference, you know, that. So I thought John was the real deal. I was like, he's really, a lot of... uh, I have this feeling a lot of times people use sincerity as a gimmick especially in music and so I found him to be a really sincere person in his music and in his real life which I found uh, which made me attracted to him and um, I always I aspire to be humble about all of anything not that I have anything to be like grandiose about my musical career but you know when talking to anyone or any anybody I was I I, I I want to I think about that, those interactions that I had had with him and, or I think it's a way that's important in this community um, to interact with people in a way that is like, it's about more of a collective thing. And Like, I'm interested in you. Tell me what's going on with you. you know, so I think about those things as a model in some ways of uh, how I try to be, despite what my mood may be, despite how busy I am. If somebody wants to talk to me for a second... I try to make sure that if they do want to talk to me, that I focus on them for a few minutes or whatever I have available in a, in a genuine way. Not always successfully, and not that I have, again, not to, I'm not in some mega band. It's a small band, but still to the people that it's important to, it's important to. So I have to remember that, and um, John did that, and I thought that was fantastic, and he was a really sincere guy, so I thought... Uh, I, I think about that, and in some ways, I'm sure it shaped my, my the way I interact with people. I've been doing this 20 years, um, off and on, so I've seen a lot of the same faces over the years, and a lot of the same faces I've seen tonight. Many people I've known here tonight that I've known since I was 16, you know. And it's funny this this, and in some ways, the trajectory that John had and myself in so far as like I was a straight edge kid I was I loved hardcore I I couldn't get enough of it and um, it's kind of the where he started as well so there's a lot of that community here so I know people here tonight that I knew when I was 16 going to hardcore shows and I'm not really in the hardcore community necessarily anymore but it's still part of the lineage of what this is and how this all interacts and intertwines and you know you can call it whatever you want or give it a name or do all the things that people want to do with stuff but I know it when I see it and it's like uh, it's all kind of part of that uh, I often refer to it like, especially with hardcore, like that's where I met the world and like how I understand things and that's where my understandings come from, so I think about that uh, shared experience, I'm talking to other people from other bands and we were referencing the shared experience of coming up and being in straight edge bands or being like stuff like that and that community has morphed and changed in, over the years, but it's, you know, you this washed-up emo podcast, we caught like, that community, yep. emo. But it's part of this whole, like, lineage of this thing and about do-it-yourself and all these kinds of things. So in order for those types of things to typically survive and have a community, you have to be mindful of those things and how people take care of each other. And an event like this is how, like come together and sort of take care of each other and say oh and acknowledge and recognize and the uh, sort of honor John's contributions and you know that he was important so I think it's uh, you can see by the amount of people that came and the amount of bands that came and donated time and effort and energy and travel and all that that it it was important so it's you know music is like conjuring something out of nothing there was, there was nothing until you decided to make the action, make music and, and create the, a band and all the stuff and play shows and travel or, and meet people and build essentially a community. And granted, it's a funny community that goes through bars and clubs and whatever and shows, And but it, it, it's an identity, how you think of yourself and your place in the world. So I certainly know that it's part of my place in the world like I think of myself as part of X community or whatever you want to call it however you think about it you again it's more of a thing I know when I see it you know what I mean so it's always fun like you know I see friends and people that I know and I see faces that I recognize from when I was 16 coming to hardcore shows so in particular I don't have anything in particular that like I'm like oh I like. but in just in general sort of the uh, the vibe and the people that I know it's, it's interesting to see them all again and, and really nice I think John was always Went out of his way to be extra nice to me, because one time we played a show in Colorado, and we were running late, and as we as we was pretty was, was normal, and we show up and we're supposed to go on, we're we're there in time to play whatever, but John uh, had done his like vocal warm ups and was ready to go, basically like you know he would do vocal, he's he a professional singer guy, so he was like sort of like, nope, we decided we were going to play, I've warmed up my voice, we're ready to go, we're going to play, you guys can play after us, and we're like, oh, fuck, this sucks, because they're a much bigger band than we are, and now we have to wrap up the show, and everyone's going to leave, and die oh, you know, so whatever, so I think uh, from that day forward, whenever I would see John, John sort of always wanted to sort of hey, I'm not a jerk, I'm not a bad guy, it's just, it, just and it really didn't, it was no big deal to me, it's just one show out of a million, it's who, who cares, but I think to John, it was a thing that maybe he was extra nice to me from day one after that, just because he sort of felt bad about that interaction, and uh, so anyway, that was my sort of, that's my memory, uh, that's a sort of a interesting memory of John.
8: My name is Chris Daly, and I'm the drummer of Texas Is The Reason, and uh we're in an inactive band as of 2016, but when uh, our dear friend John passed, uh, and this event came about for Jack, his son, uh, you know, there was no question. We were just like, all right, let's let's set rehearsal, let's do it. And uh, it's nice because these guys are my best friends, and we've been doing this for. 20 years obviously with a lot of lag time in between, but um, Sensfield were always a big influence on us. and uh, you know John in particular, you know, uh, was uh, you know, a special friend of ours. so it was uh, an easy decision to, to be a part of this and just start rehearsing again and uh, make it happen. And you know uh, we toured with Sensfield. Uh, and became very close with all the members. And uh, it was just uh, really special to get our band back together to play these songs with a purpose. You know, they've always meant a lot to us, Mm -hmm. so whenever we've played, it's always been with a lot of uh, tender, loving care. But with this, it was even more so. It was like, you know, we love John a lot, and it was great to be a part of this and get to play again. The first time I met John, I, I like I had gotten into Reason to Believe. <laughs> all right. I had bought the Next Door 7-inch when they first you know put it out. It and then when they put out their album, again, I was just like, wow, this band's incredible. And, you know, in New York, we were spoiled in the late 80s. We had bands playing every weekend. You know, there were shows in multiple states. And, you know, it was Reason to Believe with this band that, you know, I think we all bought the 7-inch and loved it and just wondered, like, when are they going to play when are they going to play the east coast like they're they're so good they obviously have to tour and you know we had heard that they dissolved and kind of you know formed into sensefield and then the sensefield demo came out and like we got that and we're just like this band like they're they're blowing our minds and we still don't get to see them and uh you know finally after the demo we had heard through the grapevine that they signed a revelation and we're like You know, for New York hardcore kids and people who are into, like, D.C. stuff, you know, we we gravitated towards Reason to Believe and the Sensefield demo, so it was a big deal. So it was finally, like, when they got on Revelation, like, they were coming, they were going to come out and play, and we got to see them and became friends, and the next time they come out, Texas is the reason we were opening for them. We did a full U.S. tour uh, in the summer of 96 for six weeks, and, you know, you do that with any band especially back then, you know, it's like we weren't distracted by cell phones and mm. stuff like that. We we interacted. So it we became really close friends and uh you know, John and Scott the drummer, in particular him and I have been best friends for well over 20 years, but it was on that tour in particular like John and Scott would take turns driving in our van because they just wanted to like be around like we were like probably like 4 to 5 years younger than everyone in Sensfield, so they were a little bit older but you know we were all on the same plane but you know it was really awesome because we just like we were so beyond ourselves that we were opening for Sansfield on a u.s tour and you know we're in a band and we're we're playing and we're out in the van and touring and you know with this band that we love and like they want to like spend time with us so like john and scott in particular always like took turns driving in our van and hanging out with us and I mean really it's like everything you hear about John he's the most positive guy ever there's there's no negative downside to anything and uh you know I think his music that's what's what people uh will remember you know the, the the words he sang and those songs are just there's never anything that's a bummer you know, it it, it uplifts you, and, and I think that's what tonight was about. And it was that's why we did it. You know, we had to be here. These are our
6: friends. This is our family. You know, and uh, we love John. Uh, my name is Colby. I play in uh, drums and knapsack. I saw, well, my first uh, audio memory of John is listening to Reason to Believe. Uh, a little bit after Synthfield uh, formed, Blair, the singer of Knapsack, and I... Uh, Really liked that that first EP and went to see them in Davis, where we ended up actually going to school a little bit after that. I just think uh, you know John was a, like a really kind soul and um, a constant in our sort of musical lives in terms of um, doing Reason Believe before and it kind of inspiring us with that, and then since being such a constant in our lives, we we saw them shortly before forming the band. We toured together. They went on after, you know, we stopped. So they really um, sort of spanned the whole the whole time that we were making music together as a band, as, as Knapsack. And um, in our time spent with John, he was just a, just a really kind, uh, you know, gentle soul. Blair and I sort of came from different um, sides of um, the musical sphere. I was more of like a Sort of a like alternative kid and he was more of a hardcore kid and as we navigated those waters um, bands like reason to believe and Sense field and um, you know uh, a lot of others but but those are the ones that he was into uh, or was in uh, certainly sort of um, carved out that helped carve out that space and personally did, did
4: what was your um relationship with John and and how did John's person like what I've been hearing throughout the, the day is that John's personality was one of a kind um and it influenced so many other people how did it uh
6: touch your life you know i think he was uh you know one in in a sort of a, a long really cool line of people that um were notable musicians were frontman lead singer types um that just reinforce the whole idea, which is what all of this is about. Which is, um, it's uh, it's, a, it's a very inclusive uh, community, and it's not about ego. It, and it's uh, and so he, he was very much um, sort of a, a leader in that sense. Is Is there one
4: or two memories that you can think of off the top of your head of um, times you? remember john
6: i can't really you know um, it had been a while you know knapsack uh, took a good 15 years off so i had seen and talked to john a little bit online but but not in person for for a very long time and so no uh, you know other than just the time we spent together playing in bands together and that he was just always a really supportive uh warm person and and what do you mean by supportive yeah it's funny uh john reese just made a comment um uh he, the rocket from the crypt is on uh, right now and um he just made a comment saying that uh john would have been in the front row standing in front of the shortest person there because john was so tall and um, hey he was just that guy i do the i yeah i definitely think it's refreshing i miss the days when um more disparate bands would play together uh i think the common thing that as i've run into old friends has been it's like oh it's, you know it's Of course, you know, awful circumstances, but uh, sort of the class reunion vibe of the whole thing has been great, and it's been great, it's it's been um, good to have a reason to get old friends together. Uh, So my
11: name is Dave Shimo, and I grew up in Buffalo, New York, so um, my band in Buffalo was called Angels in the Architecture, so we we were really, really lucky to get to play shows with Sensfield whenever they rolled through town and that's how I, I met John initially. Um, later on down the line, I, uh, one of my really good friends from high school is Ga- uh, Garrett from Texas and uh, I was in a band with Garrett and Sergi. Um, we had a band called Solea. I, I, I've always felt really just fortunate to be a very small part of this family, you know. Yeah, it's kind of an honor to be here. my my memory of first meeting John was really just just being in awe you know because before getting to know him you know before getting the chance to play with the bands and whatnot and it just you know Sensfield was just such a group of people that I looked up to as a musician you know and you know just being a kid from Buffalo getting a chance to play shows with these guys and then eventually moving out here to Southern California and you know these these guys that I looked up to so much. You know they they became friends, and it's just um, I don't know something that I never really thought would happen. And um, and I know it's unfortunate that everybody here is gathered for for you know a sad occasion, but again, like it's a it's a pretty amazing celebration of life and who John was. Yeah. You know, I mean this is a really incredible group of people. Um, in the '90s, in the early 2000s, a couple of friends and I rented. This was a really really awesome big place in Silver Lake and uh, we would have Halloween parties every year and one of my favorite memories may- maybe my favorite memory of John's was um, you know he came to the Halloween party and he was dressed as the uh, the guy from the head and shoulders commercial you know full-on bathrobe you know the hair was parted in the middle you know with the you know with different kinds of soap on each side and um, you know, with the entire, like, he didn't break character the entire night, and then he ended up winning the, uh, the you know, best costume, you know, okay. the, you know, that year. So that's definitely, that's one of my favorite memories of John, and just, um, I mean, the life of the party, you know, just so approachable and just so genuine and so nice. And, um.
12: uh, Corey from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, flew out here. I thought about it for a little bit, but ultimately I was like, I, I got to go. I just, I really wanted to be a part of it, so. Like, you can just feel the passion in what he's singing about. So, like, in a way, like, I could not even pay attention to what he's actually saying, but I, I get a lot from it. Uh, Daoud Scott. Uh,
3: from San Diego originally, but I live in the Valley now, Chatsworth. For the celebration of uh, John Bunch and Sinsfield, and also to see Outspoken and Mean Season and Strife. I've been seeing Outspoken since the '94 show at uh, the Ice House in Fullerton, so been a minute. It just shows
8: that doesn't matter how many years go by you know, when, when a good call is made, people still come and get
4: together for a good reason. You know, even if it was probably 50 years from now you know, and if a call was made people would probably get together. So.
12: I'm Dylan Ostendorf. I'm from uh, Goleta, California originally and uh, yeah, I've got members of uh, Like It or Not with me here and uh, Nation of Leopards. <laughs> Well, originally, I would have come here if it was just Sense Field with other vocalists as well, but, well, it, um, John Bunch is, uh, was a was a really, um, he, every time that that guy sang, it, it was like this positive, um, emotional connection that I had with him. He was always such an optimistic person and a real positive person, and it just, it just. Anything that related to John Bunch was was something worth uh, you know <laughs> coming to and supporting, so I, I, I couldn't help it. And now now there's just about every band that I ever wanted to see live, so it's,
8: it's pretty awesome. My name's Christopher Rouse, I'm from Dana Point, California.
2: Hi, I'm Hav, um, I live in Orange County, grew up in Orange County.
8: Well, John Bunch was a really kind person, I met him a couple times and he was a real pleasure, he really radiated joy and tranquility. And his band was a big influence on me when I was young. I used to have trouble sleeping when I was young and they were really the first band I ever managed to like fall asleep to and get good sleep by listening to the like comforting vocals and stuff. So that and a bunch of bands that I grew up with who really shaped who I am and were formative in my intellectual or moral life or even just the energy of my life, you know, its general shape we're playing tonight. It was really a privilege to see all that
2: resurrected and see how much of that is still there. Uh, I'm just here to see a bunch of bands that either, well, mostly bands that I got to see growing up, Outspoken, Chorus, Mean Season, Into Another, um, and I've learned in the past few years that, like, you kind of need to see, if, if the chance comes to see one a band that you love again, you need to do it because it might be your last time. So that's why I'm here, to to see bands that I loved with friends.
6: Uh, Jeff Capra, Galita, California. I to hang out with a couple buddies like that I was in my first band with and that grew up in Galita. Just come out, see them. Uh, and, and somebody who I didn't expect to see, who last count didn't have a ticket, so who was also in my first band. Okay. So it was more about hanging out. Uh, I think the main thing is, like, the guys that I'm here to see that like I came to visit, the first show that we went to that wasn't... Um, like a local band or like a bigger like Danzig or James Addiction or something was Reason to Believe, so. But we always loved them, and that, that was that's really I mean that that's like my favorite band from from that time frame and like from Southern California. So.
13: Hey, this is Jason from Am Well, I mean, we played with with, with John with Sensefield as, uh, and, and Reason to Believe since I mean Gilman. You know, but I'm from Berkeley. and that's where I first met, was at Gilman, and, uh, I mean, a lot of the shows we ever played in California, outside of, like, our hometown, was, you know, around here, Riverside, and the Showcase Theater, and it was almost always with Sensefield, and, I mean, Scott played, played in our band for, for a while, and it was sort of like a, a, a you know, a working relationship, but also, like, a... a um, just, I don't know if, if you know, but, like, when you, like, start playing music and you find someone that, that, that is into the same kind of stuff you are and and you guys uh, feel like you can, like, play shows together and, and really create a vibe, it's, it's pretty rad. And he was always, like, really fucking impressive with the way he went about, like... I mean, actually, he was the first person I ever saw, like, practicing uh, vocal uh, exercises, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm still this day. Like, I show up and, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I'd see him outside in a car, like, you know, blah, blah, And I was like, um, I, I thought he was on the phone, actually. Like, And he was like, oh, no, no. And he you know, had a t- tiger bomb on his neck. You know, he would, like, have such a routine. That was, you know, I, it made me feel like I was a slacker. But, um, you know, it's, it's such a weird, a weird scene because, like, we, we came from, like, you know, the Berkeley. You know, punk rock thing and, and and obviously John is much more refined and and the way that that uh, you know they sounded compared to what we sounded and, and what I thought you know we wanted to sound like it was cool you know they, they, we blend together and, and they our, our weird rawness and, and they're refined you know and they're such better players than we were ever.
14: Um. My name's Jay Hansel um, I sing in a band called Blood Days I play bass guitar in a band called Outspoken And then I'll be singing a song on stage uh, during the Sensville set. Uh, The song will be by John Bunch's first band, Reason to Believe, uh, off of their record. uh, What is it? Uh, The song's called Fear Fear I'm Feeling. Fear Fear I Feel. (laughs) Sorry. We didn't know each other um, directly. I actually uh, was a big fan of his back in the 80s. I used to see his band Reason to Believe. And uh, and then when Sensfield came out in the early 90s, I just fo- kept following him, and he kept influencing me as a musician. Um, you could even see that influence vocally, because um, that's what I do—I sing. You could see that in you know my latest band, Blood Days. Uh, and you know when I first heard him, I just thought, well, well, shit—you could just. Hardcore doesn't have to be all all angry and pissed off and screaming and, and, and you know, it can actually be a beautiful thing. And that's what John, you know, that's what John brought to the table as far as hardcore is concerned. And then it just it uh it went on in all of his future projects and so i followed him in all of his future projects and and right before his passing his next show is actually going to be with my band blood days uh with lucky scars and uh it was going to be like april 4th or april 5th and so i was totally looking forward to maybe like hanging out with him and getting to know him i mean we've hung out backstage at other places but you know he's always such a nice guy like whether like he remembers you or knows you it doesn't matter you know it always seemed like he's known you for years for decades so um he always made you feel comfortable around him so um he's a great guy so um it's a big honor that i'm here uh to to help him uh or to help his son jack and uh and i know a lot of people here and we all like you know we're all putting all of our hearts and souls in it we've been practicing for weeks and uh, putting off a lot of things, work, relationships, family things, and stuff for this, but it's all really important to us. And uh, so, yeah, great honor to be here.
4: I'm Roger Camaro, and I played in the very washed up, somewhat emo band No Motive.
5: I'm Davey Warsop, and I played with a band called Beat Union and a band called Sway Dead up until more recently. And I'm, I have a new band called Sharp Shock.
4: Uh, well, the thing about Sensefield and, and the Rev Records. Era, uh, continuous era, I guess. Um, obviously, Rev, Rev's very much known for like classic hardcore bands like Gorilla Gorillaz, String. Um But Sensefield was the one band that stood apart from the. You know, it's not like a. It's not like a classic Rev sound because every hardcore band of that era had their own thing going on. Um, but they they were a band that was so melodic. And so, without being purposely commercial, they're very pop oriented, and John's voice was just stood apart from everything. To you know, to this very day.
15: Sergey Lukov and I play guitar, and Sam I am in knapsack. The thing about John, it was this weird thing about him that really told a lot about who John was which was a guy, like, a, a big listener, and a guy who really cared about his friends, is that he wouldn't just go, hey, dude, how you doing, and you say this, and then he goes, oh, that's cool. He always would go, like, Sergi, so how are you doing? And he just you know, his eyes would be on you, and he's like, I'm listening, come on, let me hear it. And if you were like, oh, I'm fine, he's the kind of guy that would go, fuck you, don't give me that shit, well, he wouldn't swear. But he would go, don't give me that, uh uh the small a small but like pretty rad community that's that still even now in 2016 exists with this group of small bands and stuff you know like Sensefield, Textures and Semi, and G- uh Game Phase uh uh let alone all the other bands but uh none of those bands did shit like none of them got big or anything and none of them made money off music and stuff but w- we're a lot tighter than if you got the Scorpions, Kiss and uh are made in the same room, yeah. right? So that's pretty special and pretty rad, you know.
12: I'm Sean Kennerly I play in Sam I Am.
8: Well, it was a it was a Sensfield John Bunch Memorial Show. You know, it's uh, you know it was a good. time I mean, it's sad that this is a time when we can all get together and do this, but it's just, it's and it's sad that he passed. But it's also really cool to see all these people in these bands
3: all together at once, just like having a nice time. Um, so yeah, I just
8: had, had to come out and do it. You know. Punk rock is a uh, f- feeling; it's just like it's a great thing to do, you know. And uh, I, 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 tr- I, implicitly trust people that are into punk more than other people, I guess, in general. And and it's it's like, so like you meet all the, these great people, and you're like, yeah, we have like a you know a similar vibe, like you know. We don't know really what we're doing, but we're, you know, doing it, and it's like, it's great.
5: So.
3: My name is Johnny. Our record label. That's my name. Ed. I'm Ed. <laughs> uh, Ed and I had a record label in the early '90s called Meridian Records.
6: 25 years later, that you can get this many people out even on a Sunday afternoon. So,
3: take a look around. It's a pretty um, uniform-looking crowd. It's a pretty heavy, stylized set of people and it was like that back in the day so it's not surprising that people would look forward to something like this even though this is a charity gig mm-hmm. it's you could see everybody came out wearing their colors so to speak.
0: Hi I'm McHank and I do a lot of art for bands um, okay. I did some art for John's band Lucky Scars he would always reach out to people and that was a really cool thing about him is you know he Blair from Knapsack was just talking about uh, John asked him "You know who mastered their last record John was always that kind of person He wanted to know who made things that he enjoyed Because he wanted to share that How do, uh, I've been doing art for bands since 91 okay. um, I do record covers and shirts and posters and music videos
5: I met John um, through Scott McPherson The original drummer of Sensefield Macca, Brighton, England Long way I think it's just one of those things that makes you realise you're not going to be here forever. You may as well spend the money and come over here and, you know, pay homage to John. So I, I kind of listened to Reason to Believe um, when I was younger and, you know, it was a time I was listening to a lot of hardcore and then those first Sensefield EPs were just so different and, you know, John's voice was so... It was something so clear and different and just really stuck out and uh, I think John's lyrics are just so sort of universal and expansive, positive and it's just, you know you get those moments when you listen to music and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and John was responsible for a lot of those so, uh, you know, when I heard about his death it was just a real, real big deal you know, it's uh, hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to Um, because as I say, just, you know through the the 90s and the noughties listen to a lot of John's music and you know it, it resonates with that period of my life. First time I've been over here yeah yeah I came over here when I was 13 but you know I don't remember anything there but it's the first time I've been to a show in in America yeah 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 it's just amazing I think there's so many people who clearly care about John I want to do something to sort of uh, you know, hopefully provide not, not comfort, but you know, give his, his, his son and uh, a bit a bit of uh, stability moving forward. And just people want to come together and remember John. And uh, clearly, John was involved in a number of different scenes, and I think that's reflected in the show you've got on today. So and there's such a wide range of different people here who. John meant something to them, so, and I think in itself that's just testament to what sort of person he was.
14: My name's Nick, and I'm from Huntington Beach, George County. You know what? I wanted to see some straight-edge classics, like No for an Answer, Course of Disapproval, and Outspoken. I've, I've heard the name John Bunch. I know what bands he was involved with. I have a lot of respect for them.
7: You've got a German guy, you've got a Scottish guy. Let's go. I'm uh, Philip, and I used to book uh, Sensefield in Europe. I'm Gav, and I know Sensefield. Tenuously through Texas is the reason. Flew from Scotland three days ago.
3: I met John in '95 when I stood in line with uh, uh, to a Sif and Texas Reason show actually, mm-hmm. and I was there. I was a friend. I was like, "Oh wow, those are the guys from Sansfield And he turned around and he actually talked to me and was very nice. And then, then I started booking uh, bands. I, Texas Reason, all the emo bands. And then, I think 2002, I brought Sentsfield over. Yeah,
7: 1996, went to a, a venue, a very famous venue in Glasgow called King Tut's. And uh, Sentsfield were supporting Sparkle Horse. And me and my friend, we watched them, man, and we were so into them. And uh, it's quite... Uh, we were... We were young, hardcore guys at the time, man. So when Sparkle Horse came on, we weren't impressed, so we kicked off. So we got chucked out by the bouncers as soon as Sparkle Horse came on. But that that was my first introduction. And I spoke to John that night, and he was the nicest guy i have ever met. You know, a famous guy. He was the nicest guy I'd ever met at that time, man. Amazing. But he was taller than me, I think, wasn't he? (laughs) He he, he was, wasn't he? He was massive. Yeah, Yeah, man. And he was like... So you would go up to him and you'd be like, hey, so nice that you came and played Scotland. Thank you very much. Because not many bands came to play Scotland. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. And then when Facebook was popular, this was one of the things I always remembered. Uh, I joined Facebook and I sent him a message and I said, hey, do you remember, I was the guy in Scotland, a tall guy that said to you, you changed my life. And he went, yeah, of course, man. And there you go. So even from that, he remembered. So he, he was a... A real gentleman, I think. He was a gentleman, was he not? He
3: was. He was the nicest guy ever.
7: Yeah. Takeaway away from today was, well, it was a, what a shame that it had to happen because John died, man. This is the unity that's always been shown in this, if you want to call it a scene, but hardcore, emo, punk, whatever come together for someone like John, it's amazing.
15: It's just a shame he had to die, man. Uh, Rich Alrath Austin, Texas. Uh, just all the all the reunions and bands I haven't like seen in a long, long time. Uh, some of them I haven't seen. Who haven't I seen? What? I think I've seen Visual Discrimination before. I'm not seeing them now, but uh, just like all, all the different bands to get, came together for a good cause, so.
0: Scott Butts from Anaheim, California. Um, the whole event but uh, particularly the band Knapsack and the whole event and I was a fan of Sense Field so I feel really bad about John Bunch and, and want to support that I also like Rocket from the Crypt and the Aquabats and a few other bands I've never seen Texas as the reason before Sam-Am or the Bronx so okay.
16: it's a pretty good lineup as well uh, my name is Sven I'm actually from Germany and uh, I'm just over for the weekend because I used to tour with all the bands and I know a lot of people from um, touring them during Europe and I'm coming from a venue in Leipzig called Corner Island and we did uh, a special pressing of 7-inch for the the together with Revelation and we kind of like celebrated 30 years of all 25 years of this uh, Corner Island yeah, so I'm over here and like supporting my friends so I was kind of in, uh, involved in setting it up in the beginning. Like, as we found out, he died. Pratt of Ignite, he stayed, or he actually arrived in my house in the very night. And then uh, Chris Lisk and uh, Nelson and everybody, like, contacted us. And so we uh, started planning to do this one. And I'm planning also with the guys for the East Coast uh, leg. And I know John since '95. And he played with his band, Connie Island. Uh-huh. And he was actually playing there with Forwards Falling and State of the Nation and someone else. There were four bands. And like in the 90s, there was a kind of more like the tough guy shit. And we were hanging out. And I never ever met such a nice person uh-huh. in my life. Because he was caring for everybody.
14: Uh-huh.
16: And I know he even saved someone's life in Germany on tour. Because he came to the show and he wanted to kill himself. And somehow he watched Sandfield playing live. And then he, yeah, he ended up talking to John. And they talked the whole night. And I know that this guy actually contacted uh, John's uh, girlfriend and torture. He you can't believe that he is gone and he's still alive because he saved his life wow. and then um, we were hanging out every time like when he was on tour in Europe and he toured uh, with Ignite filling in as a singer for Soli as he was sick with his back and yeah he spent a couple of days there again so we always tried to hang out and every time when I came over we were hanging out and yeah. The last thing what I heard from him was, like, as he released his 7-inch, the Lucky Scars, I ordered one through the uh, pre-order record label, and I actually bought it for my wife as a Christmas present. And then it arrived just in time, and I opened it up, and there was the invoice in there. And I opened it up, and so, there's some marker on it, it and I opened it up, and there was something written, like, Hey, Sven! Much love from the States. Like, I miss you. And like, he called me on my birthday. I called him, and yeah. So it's it's sad. It's yeah. really, really sad. And what I know from a lot of people, because I was like contacting all the bands to play over here on, on the East Coast, uh, basically, say four out of seven people said, "Of course, we do this. This is an honor to do it." You know what? He was my first, my first pen poll. So, John actually wrote to so many people in the whole world, and everybody wow. really, uh, yeah, enjoyed it. And they felt like on the same level like him. He was never from up to down. He was like, and I know he is with us because this is what he would wished for him and for his passing. You know, everybody coming together. We are four chairmen, so we are not traveling together, but we just met up here, and that's the good thing, because from all over the world, people come over and to uh, pay respect and celebrate us life, and yeah.
12: Uh, my name is Tom Kreutzer. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I, I think for me, it's just uh, a big part of my life. Very much uh, hard for me to say, actually, because it breaks me up really bad, but I've been listening to... John for over 20 years, you know, and it's always meant something to me. Music that's never left my my heart and what I've listened to for 20 years. So, it just kills me, man. It breaks me up. And this is a once in a lifetime type of thing. Had to do it. Couldn't miss it for anything. It's just uh, always meant something to me. Like I said, it's there's a lot of music that I might might kind of come and go as something that's my favorite that kind of comes in and out, but. Sense field just never left the radio you know i'm always listening to it always had it in rotation just it's always been a part of like something core for me and uh I think it spans just kind of everybody, all my friends everybody I used to hang out with in my scene, whether they were kind of into emo or hardcore or straight edge that everybody was just you know in love with sense field and I think it just kind of reached out and touched everyone
17: when. John would stop and talk to you. He, you know, you, he he really did make you feel like you, you, you were the only thing really happening in the room, and he would always say your name to you. He would always, you know, he would always say, "You know, Jeff," and then blah 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 blah. Like, but he would say your name, and that that's something that's something that I don't do. I don't even know if I feel really even comfortable. But I thought that was I really picked up on that years and years ago. He's one of the few people that, that would do that. And, the, and when, you are, when you talk to him, the, he, you could tell he wasn't distracted by anything. And he really was, like, really trying to get to connect with you. And I thought that was, the, the, you know, something um, really, you know, exceptional about him. I feel like he was always just a cheerleader for every band, and there was he he, he, it, he was not competing at all. It was a really just totally just about the music and about our scene and and you know and he, he was he started young too. He started like you know he was really he's not that much older than I am, but he was probably playing shows before I was allowed to go to shows. Like I remember, like it, it was like the late '80s, and I saw Reason to Believe you know I was finally able to but they were had already been playing for like a year told Jordan I said look I I I could record this this week this is you know like I, I I really I want to I want to do this you know can we just do a 7 inch we'll give all the money to to John's family um, maybe maybe some maybe others will follow um but I really I I just want to make sure that something happens cuz if we if we say we're going to do something like an album and then we leave it up to, you know, bands and other schedules and think that kind of stuff is, as you know, to, you know, trying to, to, um, corral tons of artists and bands. It's not, it doesn't always work out. And so I, I, I just, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, if I think we, I, I'd really love to just to make this happen now voice by Sensfield, and then this um the, and this Black Sabbath song that I um that I love and I'm a you know I'm a fan of of the uh, Ronnie James Dio era Black Sabbath and the and the song other than I feel like it kind of matches this my, my, my sentiment you know to uh, the, it, it doesn't have you know it doesn't have that much to do, you know, Black Sabbath and Sencefield isn't that isn't the most likely, um, uh, co-headlining tour, but, um, uh, it was, it, it was just a song that, that I love uh, playing on the guitar, and at the time, like, right around the time when I was, you know, recording the Sencefield song, this is the one that I, like, whenever I would pick up my guitar, that was the one that I started to play, and so I thought, okay, that's a, good, a nice companion song, I just want. I wanted to commemorate that, that time, you know, or, you know, especially like the time when everyone, you know, came together and, and, uh, since got to play one more time with all, you know, with, with, with John's friends. And, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I always like to have to, to have something, you know, like a, a, a reminder or like a memento. Um, and for me, that's it. Like, uh, I, I, I remember, you know, like, the first few weeks, you know, just at home, sitting alone, and pl- playing those songs on my guitar, and um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, the, it, hopefully, it kind of does the same thing for people that 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 want to, you know, want to listen to it.
9: My name is Vic Simba, and I have worked at Revelation for nearly 18 years, which Sensefield weren't on the label uh-huh. since I've been at the label, but. I met Sensfield in 1995. It was awesome. I mean, I've been listening to them since 91. So when they finally came over to Europe, it was really great. And I travelled and went to see them a few times and met the whole band. And it was lovely. And John Bunch, someone I'd never really met before, sat down. I don't think I'd met him before. had had this like really long, intense conversation about what he believed happened after you died and what did I believe happened after you died. And it was... It was, a, it was a great conversation and it's something that you know I at the time I, I was just you know blown away by somebody taking the time to talk to a stranger and I think that that is probably something that will, you will be interviewing people and they'll say time and time again that when you met John Bunch he talked to you yeah. And had a real conversation with you, and there could be a hundred, other two hundred, three hundred 300 other people in the room. But when he was engaged with you, he was engaged, and you had his full attention, and and you that you you talked until the conversation was at its natural end, rather than him being like, "Oh, I got to go," and being distracted. He was somebody that that really connected with people and that had real conversations. It wasn't just if John asked you, if you know, if John asked you how you are, he wanted to know how you were. He didn't want like fluff. I, I was asked by uh, Meredith from Warner if I would go up on stage and, and speak at The Wake and I was, I was too emotional. I, I couldn't hold it together. Not that John and I hadn't been close really in a long time but we were, we were friends. Like, we texted, I saw him at shows, you know. Um, but I was just, I don't... I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an emotional person as well as an intense person so I was just, I had trouble not crying all the I was crying for like six hours. I wasn't going to go on stage. And I was like, I don't know what I'd say. Um, and I realised what I should have, if I had that moment again, and if I had more composure uh-huh. at the time. Then, and I realised it at like five o'clock in the morning the next day, when I was just like trying to be asleep and I wasn't. That all everyone talked about at the at the funeral in the eulogies was was how great it was that John had those kind of connections with people and had those kind of conversations and gave people his full attention and it's it's not enough to talk about how great that is it's like what we should take away is how we should all be doing that and it's something that I've been aware of ever since then of, and i it's something I've been focused I found myself trying here tonight and today is that if I'm in a conversation with someone and I'm interrupted, which I have been constantly, I have basically said, can you give me a moment? And I have finished the conversation that I'm on, rather than allowing the distractions and uh, the social aspect of something like this to to affect whether or not you finish your conversation with someone, because I feel like that that that's a better way to live. John was, John was a really special person and and it's so crazy to see like Sensfield on stage with different people. Like I, I cried during the sound check, and, and you know this is this is hard for a lot of us. Even those of us who weren't that close to John anymore, we've you know we been friends with him for twenty something years, and his presence is so on. It, it like his presence is missed here today. But this is, I mean, this is just an incredible way to be honoring him. I mean, and I'm I'm so proud to have been part of like like getting the, the all the stuff together. The the triple LP thing was, was fucking my idea, and, and I made it happen at Rainbow, and, and like got hassle people to get everything done in time, and I helped assemble all the records, and and I, it's so great to have been part of of making that happen, um, and and I'm, I just hope it, you know, that lots of money's raised tonight, but also more, more for me, it wasn't just about raising money; it was about people having something to take home, yeah, you know, that I feel like that was really important. Um, you know, something that you can like be like, this is my, this is my tangible object to take home as a physical memento of an amazing, hopefully, afternoon and evening. Like something, not this, but like when we did Rev 25 anniversary, that was really amazing. Um, but not not this in terms of rekindling my passion for music, but it it definitely makes me much more aware of how phenomenal our community is and I mean it's just it's just it's just fucking amazing yeah. that, that that really is the only way to, to say that this is fucking amazing there aren't other communities like this that don't feel like there are I don't feel like there are been any community and I'm probably wrong there probably are but like communities that have this much heart and this much dedication to make something like this happen and for people to fly in from all over the fucking world yeah. and country to to be here for this is just it's just phenomenal I think the thing that I always think of when I think of John is that he gave the most crazy hugs because, you know, he was like six foot seven and I'm five foot four and he would just give them like these crazy like half bent, he would like bend his body in two and just like (laughs) envelop you in a hug and it's just, it's really unreal to think of never hugging
14: him again.